0: Welcome to The Interdisciplinarian, where product managers share their stories and insights from the field.
1: Thanks for joining me, I'm your host, Alex Cowan. Lots of companies are rethinking the way that they approach growth, what we used to call marketing. And we're gonna to talk today about how product managers approach this job, and in fact, we have with us today, Nasir Root, who is a growth product manager uh, at Google, working on Google for work. Nastya, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: Tell me about your role today.
0: Sure. Interesting fact. Before I joined Google, I only heard about growth, and it wasn't very clear to me what it is. I heard a lot about it, it was very high word. A lot of been talk about it. I was like, oh, it sounds so cool. And then I got into Google and um, got my assignment, and I discovered I'm working on growth, which was really interesting to me because. Um, was the same thing for me, I was discovering it. Um, as I see the growth, it's, we're not really working specific features just to release a feature. In the growth, you're looking at the big picture, you're trying to find what untapped marketing opportunities you still can find, and try to increase your market share, increase your customer satisfaction, increase your market share, or decrease your churn rate.
1: So tell me how that works on uh, the Google for Work product, specifically.
0: In our market, we are looking for still for opportunities to find who is still not on Google products. You know, there are a lot of uh, great opportunities there. There's Microsoft, there's Google, there are a bunch of other smaller players offering similar opportunities. We're trying to find the users who are still using non-Google products for work, or maybe they don't know they can use Google for work because it's such a collaborative tool, and try to tap into this market and convince people to convert. Uh, bigger users it's much easier because you know, we have a sales force for that and people go out and try to sell or they go for more robust marketing. I'm talking more about very small businesses, very we call them small and like very small mums and mums and pups shops who are maybe getting online now, maybe they trying to get online and this is where we come in to help them to get online very fast and very quickly.
1: What does success look like? What kind of outcomes are you trying to get?
0: Right now my biggest concern is A, growing the market share, trying to make sure that every single small business I can get, I can get on the platform. And other side, I'm actually trying to see the customer satisfaction to make sure that there are no support calls for, I monitor support calls, or there are no, the churn rate is down. Because you, that's what we kind of making, trying to make sure that everybody's satisfied, everybody's happy, and they're not leaving us after a couple of months.
1: As you mentioned, this, this idea of growth as a discipline is, is kind of a new thing. And, you know, maybe traditionally associated with with marketing, whatever that actually means. Can you talk a little bit about how you fit into your team, how you work with the actual people designated as marketing, designers, engineers, data scientists?
0: It's a great, great team because you are having this chance to work not in silo, but very collaborative. Data science team brings you great insights about the market and potential. And they have these ideas They're looking at the data in the way that a scientist looks, which is very scientific, very trying to find the right link, right causality. I look at the data more of product opportunity. What can I improve on the product? If, for example, I see in my sign-up flow, there's a drop at certain step. What can we do to improve the step? Is it just because users are not willing to pay for the product? Or is it because they just don't understand what they're supposed to do? To give you an anecdote, one of the uh, experiments I heard about was... The color of the button was changed or the text on the button was instead of start trial, sign up now. The conversion rates went up. And this is a thing we can do with A, with data. We're looking where we're we dropping, where the users are leaving us. And with just experiments, try to look. This is more of a growth PM. This is not a pure PM in a sense of let's add another feature because I'm not adding a button. I'm trying to understand why users are leaving and what we can do to
1: improve it. Can you talk a little bit more about what you do as a, as a PM in a you know typical activity or project?
0: I'm laughing because everybody always asks, what is your typical day? I have no idea what my typical day is besides email the meetings, which I think everybody has, um, besides companies who work without email. There's a lot of thinking involved. There's a lot of Going to different people, meeting with a lot of people. And I don't know if it's specifically for Google or for bigger companies. There's a lot of personal relationship in the sense that you need to gather information which you not necessarily have. Then I was working for a startup. I would get up, walk three feet, go to the person and say, hey, what's going on and how we can solve it. In a bigger company, it's a lot of like, you need to visit to use video conference or you need to go to another building or you just need to find this right person to talk to. And it takes a lot of time to get to the right person. Sometimes it's not as simple because in a big company, there are so many different teams. Beyond just trying to, to network your project out, being evangelist, that's just a very, very important skill. And that's something, again, I had to learn in a bigger company. I never had to evangelize my project in the smaller companies.
1: Give us the pitch for your project. I mean, when you, when you evangelize as a growth PM, what are you evangelizing
0: I'm trying to evangelize the opportunity. So a lot of times I depend on other teams to help. And that means that I have to go to them and show them the opportunity for market share, show them opportunity for revenue, show them opportunity for growth and how it fits in their roadmap. Most challenging part is how it fits on their roadmap because everybody has their roadmap. Everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants their unit to make the best. So how you go there and show, hey, this opportunity is great for you.
1: And so your job is to go in and say, understand what, what's on their A-list and what what constitutes success for them and then to put that in the context of the opportunity you see.
0: Yes, on both sides. It's to try to talk to them and help them understand why that is a great opportunity for them while trying to share the numbers on our side saying this is also a great opportunity for us.
1: When we last talked, I, I was just so fascinated by the way you engage with support because I'm kind of, I'm a huge fan of this idea that like, You shouldn't just be looking at how many tickets you're closing. You should be looking at how you make those tickets never happen in the first place. Can you talk a little bit more about the way that you kind of set up your interface with the support group for this this product?
0: The product started smaller, and then it slowly grows. In this case, there are not necessarily enough cases to make pure statistical analysis, so we go for quality analysis. I actually met with support person, and we sat down, and A, we got to know each other, which is, again, for product manager... Personal skills are super important. It's super important to get everybody on your side. And this case, we just talked and found what are the most frustrating things we can hear from users. And they call in and they went, vent their frustration. I read for some cases, um, there's a recorded conversation and you could see the frustration of the user. You can see where they kind of like, I can't believe you did it to me. Like, It's they're very upset. So you're trying to think and there is a motive. Like, then you see the theme between multiple cases, this is where you start to worrying. Because even if it's not hundreds and thousands of cases for a bigger product, and you see like tens of cases with the same frustration in the user, this is where you want to step in and try to resolve I mean, it's,
1: and it's a lot cheaper than going out and setting up interviews to go hear the same thing, right? Because you already have this stuff.
0: Yes. If we do interviews for other things. And any, any company I work, there is a lot of user research, and it's actually the best way, can I, and I learned from product excellence as well, is to actually observe your users. Just give them your product and look at them. This is the best tool you can do.
1: Can you talk a little bit about um, you know how you arrived at this role, what, what you were doing before and and how you decided to end up in Silicon Valley and end up at Google after your MBA at Darden?
0: For me it's an interesting story in a sense that when we graduated from Darden, it was 2010. Market was bad word, I would say. Market was really bad. Yeah. And I I assume everybody remembers that. But I wanted to work for a tech company. I always was a techie, always was nerdy, and I love working for tech. So that was my goal. So Oren and I packed our suitcases with no jobs, with no apartments, nothing. And we just like, let's fly to West Coast. Because this is where the Silicon, like, this is where tech happens. So we came here. We were lucky to get some sublets. And for six months, I'm not kidding, I was sitting in the coffee shop every single day for eight hours looking for opportunities talking to people. And some days it was tough, but you know, I discovered great coffee shops in San Francisco while doing that.
1: Well, that sounds like fun. So you didn't say I must get a job at Google and and then I'll move to Silicon Valley. You said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to plant myself in Silicon Valley until I get a job, even though the market is terrible.
0: Then I was a president of tech club. Um, My way to advertise to our potential uh, members and try to sign them was we still have jobs. That was our motto. Because tech still had jobs at that point. They were still recruiting. I was interviewing on Google in 2010. I had horrible experience then. Uh, Interview process, I think, was slightly changed to be more human, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say. I had horrible first experience with Google, and I was very upset about it. But it wasn't I wanted specifically Google. I'm super excited to be there today. It's a great company. But then I was looking for great opportunity in tech. And I had a missed opportunity with Uber. You know, I have uh, interesting anecdotes there. Right. It's, There's
1: always the, the one you don't go for. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I have a couple, unfortunately. It's not like I didn't go there. It's sometimes just things didn't happen. You see the company growing, you're like, oh, I was supposed to be there. And it's very sad. But at the end, I got an opportunity in a startup, which gave me opportunity, despite the fact I didn't have any experience in the Bay Area. I had great experiences before, but not in the Bay Area.
1: I'll tell you a funny story. I actually remember the Google Ads were graduate students at Stanford when I was an undergrad, and I was in this business association for Stanford engineering students where we, you know, sometimes they would come and give a talk or something and say what they would do. And at the time, I was like, there's already Yahoo. Why, why would we need another search engine? It doesn't, you know, who knows where this is going to go? So the, um, there's so many good opportunities out there. I think that, that you know, for people that aren't in the Valley, um, what I always recommend is, you know, if you're interested, just come here and find what you care about and you'll get a job. But do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that's a good course of action?
0: I think that is. And moreover, I heard all the time people say, oh, you should not submit your resume online. Nobody reads it. That is not true from my experience. I found that a lot of small startups do source the talent online and these small companies can grow into a great company. You just need to go in and evaluate. And I know it's very... People are very afraid to just submit online they it 's great to network your way in um, bigger companies or try to find a person who can champion you um, in the smaller companies I got my a lot I got free out of my four jobs I believe just submitting online mm-hmm. wow and I wow. met with people and I was highly impressed and I picked opportunity on based on people I met and it was very interesting because i didn 't work with somebody specific i didn 't network it just looked like fun opportunity and i just went for it
1: that's great well thanks so much for joining us nastia my pleasure if you want to check out other great podcasts from the interdisciplinarian check out alexandercowen.com and the interdisciplinarian heading um, and if you want to learn how to do some of these things check out our agile specialization on coursera at bit.ly forward slash high agile thanks for joining us
0: The Interdisciplinarian is a production of Darden Media in cooperation with the Batten Institute at UVA's Darden School of Business.